Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And welcome to Tender Loving Care with your host, myself, Pauline, and my darling, Kate. Every week, Kate and I break down a show from the TLC Network, the name of the network that I believe for the longest time was an acronym for Tender Loving Care. And then I found out it actually stood for the Learning Channel, and I saw the types of shows that are on that channel, and my deep confusion bred this podcast. Each week, Kate and I will randomly select a show to cover for the next episode by spinning our beautiful Wheel of Shame, which has only the trashiest of trash, TLC, and Discovery Plus shows that we will be studying. Hi, Kate! Hi, Polly! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! We're back! We are back at it, and... There has we we just finished recording our Tuesday episode, so guys, go and listen to that. That's where we're covering Ninety Day Fiance, um, and you know we kind of caught up about how just we've been shoving our faces full of junk for most of <laughs> December, like most people. Um, but we are so glad to be back. So you know, if you don't really listen to the Ninety Days, you're coming on here for the Wheel of Shame. Just want to say a big thank you to everyone. Huge Happy New Year, and thank you for everyone. It was we had a great break, Kate. Yeah, I think we both had a good time. We got to see each other. I was out in California okay. for much of my break, and um, you got to meet Penny Crayon. You loved her Aunt Polly. Oh, she's a little doll. <laughs> she's a little scribble doll. And we we had some tea, and it was so nice. It was nice. It was actually, yeah, we didn't get wasted together. We had a cup of tea. We had a cup of tea and a chit-chat. It was great. It was great. Yes. And then we took photos where we do look like the two mums. Like your two mums of Penny Crayon. <laughs> 100% we do. It's great. Um, there has been so much that ha- has happened, guys. Obviously, yeah. we've been keeping people updated on our Instagram Tender Loving Care podcast. 
Um, go and find us there, follow us. But of course, guys, we have a ton to talk Bravo-wise. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Kate and I are chomping at the bit um, to speak about that. We have not discussed it in person. We've said a little things over text. That's it. We're going to get into that on our Friday episode, which is all Bravo. So buckle up for that. Um, it's going to be something. Also, see, it was a Golden Globes here last night in LA. So LA was a bit crazy yesterday. Right. Um, hey, I didn't go just because I'm like, you know, I obviously <sighs> was invited to every party and the awards itself. But, you know, yeah. I just had a lot. I had, I had laundry to do, Kate. You got to pick and choose with these award shows. Otherwise, you know. I'm going to every single one, you know? Yeah, you don't want to be the, the person that arrives at the opening of a letter, you know? Exactly. You gotta- I the Oscars, had, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you know, I might, I might show my face. That's what I was thinking. I might show my face at the Oscars. Yeah, I'll touch down at the Emmys. But you know, last night it was like it was cold, so I just decided I'm gonna watch. Um, gonna do my laundry. I watched this new show on Netflix, guys. You have to watch it. It's called Fool Me Once, and it's based on a Harlan Coben um novel, and it's English. And it's good, apart from the last two episodes where I got bored. But it's watch that. Anyway, see, I didn't go to the Golden Globes, but That's it was so, so bizarre because Vanderpump Rules were at the Golden Globes. It's so um, weird. The so world weird. we're in now. Wait, speaking, so speaking of TV shows, I, mm-hmm. rec- I have not yet, or I had not yet watched Ted Lasso. And everyone talks about Ted Lasso. So finally, I started watching it. I didn't realize that it took place in London and like, I don't know if it's in or wherever. I'm oh, sorry. I don't it's know. It's in England, I believe, but yeah, I've I had the are. same people. Oh, you're English. You must love Ted Lasso. I've never watched a single episode of it. And it's football, isn't it? Isn't it about football? Yeah. Yeah. It's like right up my alley and I haven't watched a single episode of it. It's good. Did you like it? I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't but know I, why. I had no, I had no idea about it. I, th- I think mm. I thought it was just like American football or something. I had no idea. But oh. I'm already at the end of season two. I, I, sh- I mean, the fact that, hey, what do you think? You know, there are people that are out there, right, that mm-hmm. don't watch TV. Now, <laughs> can you imagine the time on our hands? I don't know what I do because oh. so much of my day is I have to go and watch Housewives. I have to catch up on this. We're recording the pod. For the pod alone, forget the stuff that we love to watch in Leisure. For the pod alone, we are watching hours upon hours each week of TV. And I'm like, there are people, I remember I dated this guy and he's like, no, I remember this was ages and ages ago. Since then, I've always dated people who watch TV. Gotta have right. that. But he said, the only thing I ever watch is Lost. I'll tune in once a week and I'll watch that. But the rest of the time, no, I'm biking or I'm doing, I'm like, shut up. What, like, yeah. What am, what am I going to like sit with my thoughts? Sit, sit with my with thoughts? My thoughts? Go through all Nightmare. my from my childhood? No. Nightmare. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I need oh. constant, constant distraction from the demons in my mind. So yeah. of course I go to housewives. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I guys. couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more bizarro but I, there is that sometimes that comes across my mind of like god i wonder what type of person i'd be if i didn't watch tv <laughs> i'd have nothing to talk about nothing <laughs> um but we're not that person so we are watching tv and this week the wheel of shame had chosen for us several weeks back the curse of the chippendales i did not know this was a four-part four series kate <laughs> nor did i i thought it was 
two episodes, maybe three. Mm-hmm. Pulled it up. Four hour, 40 yeah. to 60 minute long yeah. episodes. And I watched yeah. almost all of it. I'm so glad you did. You said you have a ton of notes. I do not. I was doing a ton of skipping. I was skipping from here, skipping to yeah. there, going back and forth. Um, it was very, very interesting. The first scene, guys, opens up and it's a phone call recording about somebody being killed with a hammer. And then you see FBI headquarters and I'm like, I'm in. Like, I was like, I'm in. We've got murder. We've got FBI right off the bat. I'm like, where do we go from here? Yes, it's uh, 19... Wait, yeah, 1991. Mm-hmm. When July. oh, mm. yes, when that's when it was admitted, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. There I'm might in. there's going to be holes in this. I'm not going to know that you're going to have to fill, but it kind of it starts then, then it goes way back to basically it's the beginning of the Chippendales. So I'm sure you're all familiar yeah. with Chippendales, the stripping company, and I I did stripping company, stripping business, whatever. I didn't know really anything about them i didn't know that it had ceased and then had this resurgence in the 2000s i believe and they i know that uh the jersey shore guy Vinny from jersey shore is part of chippendales um in vegas and it's still in vegas the chippendales are in vegas owned by new people but this is this whole docuseries is about the beginning is how it all came about and i didn't know anything um about it and i certainly didn't know that it started in la i guess i could have presumed that but um it did we have drugs sex arson murder playboy bunnies torture murder suicide we have hitmen we have everything in this the story of the what the chippendales was how it was started and what it became and how it ultimately failed was fascinating it was. I had never read much about this. I, I'm i kind of the same as you. I knew about it. Everyone knows about it. There's the mm-hmm. SNL sketch with Chris Farley oh, that yeah, everyone yeah. loves. Yeah. I mean, it was obviously a huge phenomenon, but I, yeah, I had no idea about all this CD underbelly of it all. So we start hearing from former regulars the lawyer for them, former dancers, people who were married to the dancers. I mean, mm-hmm. they got a lot of insiders on this. Mm-hmm. And um, we go, like you say, right back to the beginning. It's the 70s. Mm-hmm. We hear from people who were in mm-hmm. the L.A. disco scene at the time, which looked Eight. so fun. I just wrote 70s sound amazing. Now, I have yeah. a massive obsession anyway about the about what LA, when I go down Sunset Strip now, and it's nothing to do with music anymore, sadly. It's all, the whiskey's still there, Vipe is still there, but it's, not, it's nothing about music. It's all shops and hotels and stuff. But what that must have been like, I daydream going down there being like the summer of 69 when people were in the canyons and Jim Morrison was creating music and Charlie Manson was wandering around with the family. Like it's insane what was going on in those canyons. Uh, and yeah. then Sunset Strip was just music and disco. And they were saying in this, it was like, we were all on drugs. We were all dancing. We were all drinking. The pill, had, of course, the pill was so revolutionary. Now as women, we take it for granted. But we cannot begin to imagine what it was. I remember my mum saying it. When the pill came out, you were just so liberated. It was just, it was unbelievable. Women had authority over their body. 
and could choose not to get pregnant. They had they had this autonomy and it was an amazing thing that came out. So the pill had come out like 10 years before. So people were having sex. And of course, you know, HIV and AIDS had not been discovered yet. So yep. of course there was a ton of bad stuff going on with sexually transmitted diseases, but there was this freedom that people felt you know mm-hmm. and it th- there was one woman that was like i don't know how we got anything done in the 70s <laughs> i know i people always talk about the 70s that way and it just sounds so awesome i would so, never have survived it that's why i was not born then i would never have survived it oh yeah it's just wild parties and free love Woo! so we meet the people that were the creators of Chippendales and we find out sort of what sparked them starting this men, male mm. stripper nights at this strip club. Yeah. So um, they're these owners of this club and basically they have like four nights a week of that the club is dead and they're like, how can we get business in here? What should we do? And they get inspired by apparently there was like a gay male strip club in Canada or something that one of them went to. And they were like, what if we had guys dancing? We brought the women in. And it was a guy called Paul Snyder, which we will get into. Mm-hmm. And he was described as a promoter, grifter. Um, he called himself the Jewish pimp. He they start describing him and I'm like, I know this name. I know this name. Why do I know this name? Then they reveal who his very, very young girlfriend is Dorothy Stratton. And I go ding, 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 ding. Because you know, I'm an aficionado of when it comes to true crimes, the celebrity deaths in Los Angeles. So when I heard Dorothy Stratton, I was like, I've been to her grave many times in Westwood Memorial Park, where Marilyn is also buried and Hugh Hefner and many of Dean Martin, many other people there. I've been to her grave because I, and then I started, I went to go Google it and I was like, no, I'll, I'll let this play on and I'll remember exactly what happened to her. I had an idea. I couldn't remember exactly. And then this played out and I was like, I remember exactly who this Paul Snyder was. He, you're right. Him and a guy called Steve um, Ban, uh, Banerjee, he had come over from Pakistan, I believe. Um, and he was a businessman. They said he was a quiet man but not life and solar party, but he was always about business. He owned this club. Paul came in and said, listen, come back from Canada. This is what I think is going to bring people in. Let's have men stripping. He came along with his girlfriend. Dorothy Stratton was, I think she was 15 when Paul Snyder spotted her. She was working at Dairy Queen in Vancouver. And he got his eyes on her and said, I need her. And so he started like dating her. I mean, he was 26 years old when she was uh, going to her senior prom. I mean, he prayed, it's a dark story, but he brought her to LA because he was like, she's going to be a movie star. She's going to be a model. And she became, she was a Playboy Bunny girlfriend of Paul. So this is some of the characters that mm-hmm. we're seeing in this world. There's a lot of connection with Playboy. Yes. So they hire some hunky male dancers. Mm-hmm. They start to spread the word and women start showing up for these slow nights at the club. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how can we make this grow? What do we need to do with this club? And so they rebrand it to be more of a classy vibe. And they have the guys start wearing bow ties and the cuffs in 
sort of an homage to the Playboy bunny outfit. Right. And it really good. was. Yeah, it was really good. It's really smart. So they're yelling, what do you want them to do at the women? And the women are going nuts. Take it off. No. It looked super fun. Mm -hmm. And then they some stuff happens. They get busted for the nudity and the touching and all of that mm -hmm. in an establishment that serves alcohol. And then that's what starts all the role playing because it, they were like, it was such a crazy night when the cops busted us. Mm -hmm. So we started having a cop character bust up the night and they have a Zorro character and it's just so silly and they're mm -hmm. experimenting with what they're doing. Yeah. And um, that comes up later. So the dancers are getting propositioned and, and by women all the time. One woman offers an insane amount of money to a guy just for his sperm. You know, it's just it's, it's a wild and crazy start from from the beginning. It's just a wild time. Yeah. Men aren't um, allowed in. <laughs> men aren't allowed in. Yeah. And they're making money and it is getting super popular. There's obviously a lot of backlash, but I think it spoke a lot to me about women's lib and women's liberation of it was for women because yeah. men have been going to obviously strip clubs at the beginning of time and seeing women strip and perform for men. And these women were like, it's our turn. So we start hearing from all these playboy bunnies who were obviously sexual objects that were treated as sexual objects and posing for playboy. And that was their career. And they said, we started going to this club and it was amazing because we were now objectifying the men. And it was great. And so they got regulars and we, we start hearing from all of them. And it's getting bigger and bigger. And they start speaking about, uh, we meet someone called Michael Rapp, who was one of the dancers. And he married one of the women um, that used to come to the club regularly. Um, and then there's, with anything that gets big, there's always going to be somebody wanting to see it collapse and competition and jealousy as people earn more money and it gets bigger and bigger they knew they wanted to go to new new york because they were like you're they said you're nobody if you don't have a club in new york so what one in la one in new york um before that we saw i mean i don't Kate, correct me if i'm wrong with all of these timelines but i know that we start talking more about paul paul snyder um and dorothy stratton and, yes yes yeah. that's around this time when it's okay. getting when it's getting big and um, she's really pop. Her career is popping off as well, and he's getting jealous. She is, and there's a crossover here, which is a crazy crossover. If you're ready for this, with Real Housewives of Orange County, Gina Keogh, who was one of the first housewives OGs of Real Housewives of Orange County, she was a Playboy bunny the same year as Dorothy Stratton, and she knew Dorothy Stratton. Oh yeah. my gosh, she, she talked about that. That sounds so familiar now that oh, you say it? that. Did she? Did she talk about those days or something? Uh, or I remember her Playboy, but yes. yeah, okay. uh, being in Playboy, but she knew Dorothy Stratton. So Dorothy, wow. we had a lot of people that were friends with her on this. Gina Keogh wasn't, but I just thought I'd mention that yeah. uh, because I read her in, in, in further articles, Gina Keogh was quoted. So hmm. Dorothy Stratton, it's, if you, you can go and deep dive on your own guys. It's very interesting, but she was brought to America by this older boyfriend, this, this Paul Snyder. And he called himself the Jewish pimp. He wore like a star of David in, in crusted in jewels. And he loved to show off and he'd be at the Playboy Mansion all the time. And he'd be, you know, with other girls and stuff like that. But Dorothy Stratton, all these women and everyone that's interviewed said she was just, there was a sexy innocence about her, but a genuine innocence 
And when he brought her here, somebody at Playboy said to him, take her back to Canada because she's not going to survive in L.A. She was just so naive. And they said she was just too, she was just one of those people that walk around Earth that were really, it wasn't just her age, but just a genuinely beautiful, naive young girl. And she was wrapped up with this guy who was a control freak, an egomaniac, a everything was show, show, show for him. And he loved having her on his arm. They got married and she decided she, they split up. And one day she was trying to sort out her assets and get independence. And he lived in Westwood and she went over to the house um, with like $1,100 in her purse, which was a substantial amount then to give him a deposit back for the house or something, get stuff sorted get everything tied up and move on with her life. What happened next is his roommates were out. He had roommates and she, they went into the living room and then they went into the bedroom and he tied her up and he tortured her and then he shot her in the face and then he killed himself. And the roommates came back and they saw the door, they saw Dorothy's car in the driveway and they saw his bedroom closed. So they thought, oh, they're just in there, like doing whatever. So they sat and watched like multiple movies. And then it was 11 p.m. And this guy had been involved with like private detectives. He had people like, he was into dark stuff. And this private detective that he had hired to be following someone, I don't, can't remember who it was, but he was getting a private detective or someone called and said, I can't, can't get hold of Paul. Remember, there's no cell phones. There's nothing like that then. Calls the landline. And these roommates are like, well, he's in his bedroom. Let me go check. And they went in and they found both the naked bodies of Paul and Dorothy. And Dorothy Stratton was 20 years old. That's oh. all she was. She was 20. Yeah. I didn't realize she was so young. She I mean, so young. And I've seen her, been to her grave many a time in Westwood Memorial Park and that's where her ashes are interred and um interned and it was it's just tragic absolutely tragic and that's just one of the many deaths that we see connected yes. to this curse of the Chippendales yes that's the the first thing um that kind of was the the curse so that they speak of so um Oh, I have the quote that someone said, a beginning of a series of tragic misfortunes that would come into our lives. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the end of the first episode mm -hmm. <laughs> of four. Uh, so, okay, they're expanding to New York City and we have this thing that is notoriously called the napkin deal that happens Ooh. because there are two founder owners of Chippendales at this point. Yeah. You have Steve... Uh, Banerjee, mm -hmm. and then you have Nick Denoa. Mm -hmm. Denoy? Yes. Deno I think yeah, it was Denoy. I think it was Denoy, yeah. And um, they are at a diner or something or a bar, and they make this deal where Steve signed his rights to Nick giving up or, okay, Steve gave up his rights to tour profits for Chippendales mm -hmm. on a napkin mm -hmm. in perpetuity. He didn't know what in perpetuity meant, apparently, wow. according to some people. And that ended up being a huge mistake because obviously Chippendale's tour became very lucrative. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something to note. 
-hmm. And all, uh, all that, uh, the other guy Nick had to do was find a location in New York. That was his end of the deal. And, um, so Steve is really excited to make a name for himself in the New York nightclub scene, um, with this new location. And we learn more about Nick. I wrote down some ways that he was described by all these people that worked with him, a real mouthy dick to work with rude, pushy, abrasive, but also an innovator creator and a mad, passionate, intense man. Mm, So he's. He's all over the place. He loves being in the media. He's doing interviews. He's charismatic. And he's also directing the routines. So Chippendales is stepping up their performance aspect. These are choreographed routines. He is he is running these Chippendales dance rehearsals like it's the night before a huge Broadway premiere. Love that. Love and- that. He, we, there's footage of him during these rehearsals and he's so hard on these guys and just very intense. And um, as we mentioned before, the other owner, Steve, is quite the opposite. He's uh, he's pretty quiet. He doesn't like public speaking. He has a bit of a stutter. He's in the background. Someone describes him as mousy. So you have these very opposite personalities going on. You have this terrible napkin deal. Mm. And that's kind of the vibe with the business right now. But that being said, business is booming, booming. Mm. They start making merch. They do the calendar. They're touring TV appearances. This is when they're getting spoofed on SNL. Mm. Um, It's becoming a phenomenon. People are knowing the main dancers by name. I mean, they're famous. They're so famous and they're rolling in the dough. Um, You mentioned this guy before. We follow his story a lot. A lot of the documentary Mm -hmm. is about Michael Rapp. Yeah. Um, So he has this routine called the perfect man. Perfect man. That's it. Yeah. And he is super into it artistically. He's like, I want to give these women the fantasy and they're, they're not like men where they just need to see boobs and they're turned on. Like they want, to feel the whole illusion, you know? Yeah. And so he's got this whole show he does. He's like on the floor, like rubbing water on his chest. And he's, I thought he was a great performer. Yeah. Um, so the rivalry, the rest of this episode, it's basically like the rivalry is growing between the two owners, Nick and Steve. Mm. And um, we're learning more about like Michael Rapp. And he gets together with one of the um, regulars, like you said. I have her name. Oh, do you have it? I have it somewhere. I don't. I don't think so. Um, so they get together. Married. I'll I'll find it. But um. So we we learn about their fabulous lifestyle and them getting together. Okay. Do you have anything else for episode two? That's no, that's it because I I want to go on to what happens in New York in the office. Yeah. Okay, great. So episode three, money after money. Okay, this is where it starts to get crazy again. So it's April 1987. The Chippendale men are on tour mm-hmm. um, somewhere in the states, and Nick the the manic a wild director guy leaves suddenly to go back to new york to the office he's like i gotta go i'm leaving the tour 
And there's this woman, Candace, who is the associate producer. He leaves her in charge. They're also buddies. They go out for wine before he leaves. They have a photo together at that dinner. And then we get this 911 call. A man was shot in the head in my office. Mm. And it was Nick. So Nick went back to New York and he was shot in the face in his office. The reports are, we hear from uh, one of the responding officers and they say that they had, they were one of the witnesses who worked there said a man walked in and said, are you Nick? And he said, no, he's over there in his office. And the guy walked over to the office. He went to the, he walked towards the bathroom and heard bang and came out. And he was dead in his office. It was a hit. The guy had been murdered in his office. Yep. So then we find, or we just kind of see the fallout of that. Um, Steve is suspected to be involved Mm. by, according to Candace, that woman I mentioned before, Mm -hmm. she was suspicious of Steve from the beginning because she thought that there was some jealousy there. And obviously, as I mentioned, there was this sort of, push and pull rivalry with money. Yeah. yeah. And so she always, but she didn't have any proof that he was involved. And um the the police are investigating it, but they can't really they're not find anyone. It. Yeah. No, it becomes a cold case. Anyone. It does. And keep I think the general consensus was that Steve was involved. I think people know what had happened and the amount of money and what had happened as well is that uh, Nick died. He was not married. He did not have children. And so his portion of everything went to his siblings and his siblings sold it to Steve. So now Steve owned everything. Yeah. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He definitely benefited. Um, so we'll get back to that yeah. mystery. Yeah. But the documentary moves on in this episode. Post Nick's death, Chippendales continues to pop off even more. It goes global. The guys are performing for thousands of women every night. And it's it's like the Beatles. Like these women are just like, (laughs) like freaking out. They Mm -hmm. love it. They love these shows. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
but then as it got bigger and more global and everything, we find out that the show became much more generic eventually. And, you know, it's routine. There's less energy to it. They're just going through the motions for the masses at this point. Yeah. Yeah. In these huge theaters and stuff. Um, some of the guys lives kind of start to go to shit a little bit um, due to the fame drugs money of it all. Like it ha- this, it's a tale as old as time, right? Exactly. Um, so Michael is the guy who's t- we're talking to him the most about this. And yeah. um, he is a star. He's the star mm-hmm. of the show. And he just kind of molds with that persona that he's putting on for these women every night starts doing a bunch of coke Mm-mm. and ends up cheating on his wife and he says i lost my family yeah. i had chosen chippendales over my family he went down further down the drinking and drugs path after that and it just got kind of dark um, no story ever ends well that starts with they were doing a bunch of coke you know that <laughs> is always the start of something horrible either happening that night or about to come. So it's very sad. And then they start to, in this episode, they start to go into the lawsuits Mm. that started popping up. Um, We're talking to this man named Bruce, who is Chippendale's former lawyer. And there's also, we hear a lot from Eric, who is the Mm -hmm. former creative director Mm. for like eight years. And so... um, there's all these discrimination lawsuits popping up. Like right. uh, Steve wanted the Chippendales ensemble to be a white brand. Like yeah. they're not, they're discriminating against people of color, hiring yeah. them, letting them into the club even. Yep. So it's really nasty stuff like that going on too. Mm-hmm. Um, And then as a result of the numerous lawsuits that, occurred they ended up losing their liquor license and oh. the um los angeles chippendale shut down which was a big blow since it was the soul of the business which when you i mean a liquor license is everything and they're so strict in los angeles i mean i'm sure then and even now i did look where the original chippendales club was because i was like where was it in la and it was in culver city it was an overland avenue in culver city i was like oh huh. interesting yeah and it's an apartment building now Oh, all right. Okay. Um, so to wrap this episode up, um, the LA location shutting down, people describe it as the beginning of the end. Yeah. Uh, morale is low. You know, they, they don't have that many people coming to the shows anymore. It's like they used to be uh, these gods at these shows with thousands and thousands of women watching them. And now it's like 50 women are watching uh, them. And it's a little bit more sad, you know, and yeah. um, the the vibe's not there. And also, cheater brands, copycat brands start popping uh, up. Yes. So, and uh, this is where things start to get beyond dark and murky. So, yeah. Kay, I have some little things here, but you'll have to help me out with this. So, you know, when anything becomes successful, people want to replicate it and make their own money. And so there was... Um, there was a new, there were new groups popping up that are imitating the Chippendales. And there was 
one was it english based because it has an english what is this one um adonis it's adonis right is that what it is yeah yes okay so it's adonis so adonis is the one that starts and they're basically doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and um they are you know they're they're big big competition and i kind of know how this ends but i'm missing out a lot of details so I can talk a little bit about yeah. them. Okay. So Adonis basically is a bunch of former Chippendales dancers and choreographers. Oh, and they're like, like let's okay. just start our own thing because oh. this fucking murder happened. Yeah. And Steve is a creep and all this stuff. And so they branch out, start Adonis. And it's very performance dance based. Okay. I mean, they're doing these like fancy choreographed dances together and it's a hit. People love it. That's really the standout competition for Chippendales. And Steve is furious about all this. He's talking to his lawyer, Bruce, like, can we can we sue these people? Like, yeah. this is our thing. And Bruce is like, we don't own the idea of male dancers. Like, no, we can't sue them. And Steve starts to go into a cocaine-driven mania, basically. Once again. What did we say? Nothing ends well when you're doing a bunch of coke. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a t-shirt. It does. And things do not go well for him because what no. we find out is that he um decides that he needs to get rid of some people. Yes. So he hires a hitman. And the person that he used to hire the hitman we find out was also the person that he used to hire the hitman to kill Nick. And these Adonis dancers had been over in England and they were performing in England. And the supposed hitman decided not to do the job, but go to the FBI or the local police. So he went to the police and he revealed what was going on. Steve ended up getting arrested for racketeering for um for attempted murder for murder of nick all of these he had he was facing about 26 years in prison and while he was awaiting trial he ended up hanging himself in jail yeah i mean the the downfall of it it is just it's that it's power right it's all about power and money and greed and they suspected him of of killing nick and he did he set it all up and got him killed did you watch i have to go into the strawberry stuff that happened in different countries and all the wires and did you see that part? I didn't. I'm sorry. Oh my I skipped God. all over it. Holy. I'm sorry. I didn't. I just, I was, I I'll didn't try. have enough time. No, it's, it's all good, but I have to talk about this stuff because it's crazy. I'll try to get through it quickly, but okay. So like you say, so one of these Adonis dancers, they're touring in England. He finds out there's a hit on him. He's in his apartment after the show showering, the lights go off and, um, he they don't go into what he did but he is alive because he's getting interviewed for this so whatever that's kind of a small part of the story honestly then we meet this guy called strawberry that's that's all they call him 
And he's this like hillbilly type who was living in LA at the time of all of this. And he became friends with a guy named Ray Cologne, who prepositioned him to stick two members of Adonis with a needle full of cyanide and then sneak away. I'll give you $25,000. And how Strawberry tells it to us is like, I thought he was kidding at first. And then I felt like I had to go along with it or he would kill me because I know too much. And so, um, and so Ray Cologne drives him to LAX Mm. and make sure he gets on this plane to go to England. He's he gets off the plane there and he throws the needles and the cyanide into the trash can. And then he's like, I can't go to the cops here because this is a crazy story. They're not going to believe me. Like, I'm just going to fly back to the States. And so he gets right back around on the plane and he doesn't want to go to Los Angeles because it's too close to Ray and everyone. And so he's like, I just decided to go to Las Vegas. I know where the police station is there. And I was just going to tell them about it. So um, he, he just gets back on a plane and goes to Vegas. And then they have him call Ray to get Ray to in- reveal his involvement. And Ray falls for it hard right away. Talks all about it. And then they put Strawberry in the witness protection program and they start searching for evidence to back up everything he's saying. They go to Ray's house and find with a warrant and they find a canvas bag. I shit you not literally has the poison symbol drawn on it in marker, like the skull thing. Amazing. And they're like, bingo, bango. Here it is. They open it up and there's a big old jar of cyanide powder. And so he, uh, Ray is, uh, is apprehended and there's a hundred thousand dollar bond. Then they interview him and he admits to his, he just starts admitting to shit. He admits to his involvement with the London conspiracy, his involvement with the burning down of the Adonis clubs in LA. And he, at this point says also in 1987, with the assistance of someone else, we murdered Nick, the oh. owner of Chippendales. And then he goes, and it was Steve uh, Banerjee who was the one who hired us to do all of this. And they're like, holy shit, we're on to something. Finally, this has been a cold case for seven years. Yeah. And so this opens up an entire FBI investigation. They're like, okay, we got these guys that were involved. Like we have the evidence for that, but like we need to pin down Steve. How are we going to do this? And he's a dirty informant or whatever. So we need, we need to get our ducks in a row here. So um, he just keeps giving them more and more info about everything. And he's like in 1987, um, Cologne, uh, Sorry. In 1987, I contacted a guy named Louie and I told him that he needs to help me kill someone in New York City and I'll pay him 25K. It's always 25K. I don't know. 25K. <laughs> like, that's not that much to, I don't know. It feels like it should be more, right? Yeah. So, well, it shouldn't be anything. It shouldn't happen. So then they fly to New York City. Louie takes the elevator up, opens the door, and shoots Nick. So then they are like, okay, we have to get Louie, this Louie guy to investigate this because we want to know, was it Louie or, you know, who was it that pulled the trigger? So then um, they go to Louie. His actual name is uh, Gilberto Robertez Rivera. I'm going to call him Rivera from Mm -hmm. now on. 
he's locked up on a narcotics charge. So they're like, okay, Ray, Ray, we're going to wire you and you're going to go to the prison and have a little chat with him in the prison courtyard. Yeah. And they're like, what are we going to say though? It's so weird that you would just go there unprompted. So they come up with this story that a witness to the murder is extorting your boss. Okay. And you got, you're going to go talk to him about this and you're kind of freaking out about it or whatever. So he goes, we hear the audio of Rivera revealing that he was the one who shot Nick. It's a huge move forward in the investigation, but they still have the ma- the matter of uh, Banerjee's potential involvement. Right. So the FBI goes to the club, start asking questions about Steve. The lawyer guy is like, they're like, who's Ray? All this stuff. Ray's a regular at the club. Um, blah, blah, blah. Candace is like, I knew it was Steve, but I didn't have any evidence for them. And then it's June 1992. Banerjee, this story just goes on and on, but it's so crazy. Banerjee agrees to meet with Cologne at a Santa Monica hotel. Mm-hmm. And he has, so Ray Cologne, he has a recording device on him for the FBI. They're waiting in cars or whatever, a few blocks away. When he gets back to the agents, he's like, Steve didn't, Steve was really smart. Like he wouldn't say anything. Uh... And we just had to write stuff down on a notepad. And, um, he gave me $40,000 in cash just now and told me to escape to a different country. Cause I think he went there and was like, they're on to me. I'm in trouble. Yeah. Da, da, da. And so, um, what was going on is like with ban from, uh, Banerjee's point of view is like, he knew that Ray had been arrested. He's probably working with the cops. And he thought if he got Ray Cologne to become a fugitive, the FBI would stop working with him. Okay. So, so the FBI is like, well, we have a good, we have a good working relationship with the Italian police. So we're just going to send you to Italy. You're just going to go to Italy with a few of our agents and you're going to meet with Banerjee over there and get the confession over there. So they go to Italy. He's in a hotel and he, um, they have Ray, uh, Paul Banerjee and they tap the phone and Banerjee says, I can't meet you in Italy because, because of visa stuff. I was never an American citizen. And the FBI agents were like, we dropped the ball on that one. We didn't even know that. And so, and so then Banerjee's like, let's meet in Switzerland in Zurich. And, and then we'll go over the particulars or whatever. So then they're like, okay, let's go to Zurich. So they all go to Switzerland. Okay. And they have, they're like, okay, we have 24 hours to get this all handled. So they get three rooms in a hotel. The FBI is on either side. And then Ray Cologne is in the middle one. And he calls him again and tries again to come to the hotel. And Steve Banerjee is like, no, you come to me. You come to me. He's very, very cagey and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, Steve is like, let's meet at a, a, um, my my hotel at the coffee shop. So they go there and the FBI are like down there in a van or something mm-hmm. waiting and they he has a mic on his jacket and he like takes the jacket off and he sets it down and it like ruins the audio. Like, oh man. So then the FBI make the Swiss police call this cafe and order them to go up and say, we're closing down the cafe right now. <laughs> and so... <laughs> 
the, the barista or whoever goes over and does that. And then they go into a bar and the audio is even worse. And then he, they drink beers and beers and beers. They're like drinking, drinking. And finally he gets him to come to the hotel and the police, the FBI have to like race back to the hotel. And, um, he's still being so cagey. like, you know, just will not say anything. And then finally he gets him to open up because he's like, come on, man, the FBI can't go to different countries. That doesn't even make sense. CIA can, FBI can't, da, da, da. And eventually he starts talking and they're like, fucking finally, this wild goose chase is over. Yeah. He's like, they can't, he's like, how do you know you're not going to get caught? And Steve's like, they can't prove I bought the gun. They can't prove I gave you the money. They can't prove I gave you his address. And I never talk about it to anyone. So I can't get recorded as he's being recorded. Oh, Steve. They got him. They got yeah. him. So yeah. it was just like the most wild, like Insane. FBI case I've heard. Yeah. It's like, and <laughs> okay. So they got him there and then they get him back to the States. He gets arrested, gets put on all these charges, he kills himself in his cell. And then I, I wanted to know what happened afterwards. I didn't know his personal life. So he was married and he had a couple, he had two children, a son and a daughter. And in recent years, the son has actually come forward and done interviews and things like that because he has gone in to the same industry. He's created a company called Stripperdales, and um, he runs that now and is a stripper himself. And he says it was in my blood to do what my father did. Um, very interesting. Yeah. So they, I mean, wow. I think all the money went to the you know the mother would have got all of the money and she left a very she led a very private life as did her daughter but the son christian he has been um he's been out and about and done interviews you can find interviews with him and it reminded oh. me of like there's something here that i have heard of this guy before and it was because one of my favorite camille um comedians camille nanjiani mm -hmm. played him in a um a very recent film it was called um let me pull it up here welcome to chippendales and camille nanjiani played um steve banerjee and i think it was i think it was released on netflix or something like that but i want to watch it now i think yeah. it would be really, really good um and i imagine he'd be really good in it um so yeah that's something to follow up and watch but it was Absolutely. wild story wild oh and by the way the other sentences the rivera guy mm. who actually pulled the trigger got yeah. 25 years to life and uh, ray cologne who went on the wild goose chase yeah. across the world he um he was facing a max sentence of 15 years okay. due to his cooperation with the fbi it went yeah. down to two and a half years thank god yeah Woo! And he got a ton of air miles out of it. So really, <laughs> he did. He did bloody well for himself. He, he did. really did. He did. he did. So, Kate, what would you rate this then out I of six hundred pounds of learning? I love this. I honestly, I would give it six hundred. I learned. I didn't know any right. of this lore, and I was yeah. very entertained the whole time. Yeah, I would give it four seventy-five. I didn't watch all of it. Like. I say, and there were some that some that I was like, oh, okay, I know what this is. No, it's but no, it was very well done for what I saw. I really liked it. It was a fascinating story, absolutely fascinating. And I'm going to go and watch that Camille Nanjiani um, 
film now, Welcome to Chippendales. That would be really interesting. Yeah, now that we know him. so much yeah. background about it, for sure. So um, yeah. that was it, guys. So when he next go to Vegas, Chippendales then had a, a re-resurgence. And I think it was the 2000s. Somebody bought the name because it was all disbanded. They bought the name and they started it again. And the Chippendales are there and you get like D-list celebrities that I think go into it. Like I say, Jersey Shore guys in it. I mean, there's tons of money in it. And there's yeah. big, big performances. Um, yeah. So if you want to see the That's... Chippendales, when you see them next, just think of uh, all of the death and carnage that yep. was caused due to these strippers. <laughs> and if you want to go to the former Chippendales in New York City, apparently it's now a Bed Bath & Beyond. So you can go get yourself uh... some towels at Chippendales. Bed Bath & Beyond is closed as well. So we're oh. coming on to its third thing. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a Whole Foods uh... now. Probably, and there's uh, someone in LA that's living in an apartment where the Chippendales were were, were started. So yep. anyway, that was brilliant. But guys, we have to pick something for next week. So that was a yes. really good one. It was something that I think we needed. It was a one-off. It was an in, a really interesting story. Um, we got to head over to our Wheel of Shame to really find out what we have to do and study for next week. So everyone, let's go on over to the Wheel of Shame. do all right guys we are at our wheel of shame we have a lot on here i mean actually i meant to say we don't have a lot on here but i have added a couple of things that i saw uh paranormal caught on camera wouldn't mind that one um sex sent me to the slammer we still haven't got that one um mother May I murder? That sounds like a lifetime movie. Mm, um, yeah. I added Thousand Pound Sisters, Kate, because we've done them before. It was one of our first yeah. ones, but it's a new season out. Yes. So I added that on there. Um, there is also New York Post reports. So I don't know what they'd be reporting on. this. Prison Wives, which we still haven't got. So let's go ahead and spin and see what The Wheel of Shame gives us for next week. Three, two, one, spin! Round and round she goes. I, I she stops. <laughs> Except we do. Oh, one of the newies. New York Post reports. Now, guys, I don't. Yeah. I think so. The New York Post, which obviously is our beloved home of page sex, so it's trash, trash, trash. Um, does investigative um i guess shows on i don't know what i just saw that it popped up so i'm hoping they cover some good things new york post reports will pick one of them i hope they do something interesting like a celebrity scandal or I'm pulling this up here might be a murder look new york oh yeah it's like true crime type stuff okay all right, well, we will huh. have... Okay. Okay, well, so we'll pick one that isn't completely depressing, I promise. We'll get something. I mean, it is all murder, but... Um, I saw a kidnapping, is... so maybe... Okay, we'll do a nice light kidnapping. Yeah. We'll light kidnapping. Um, but guys, that will be next, next week. And in the meantime, please do not forget that on Friday, we have a serious, serious amount to talk about because it's our Bravo show. So that means we have to go over what's been going on in BH... But most importantly, what's been going on? Salt Lake City, Utah, or Bermuda, should I say? 
It, Kate, we haven't spoken about it. We're not going to until we start recording. But boy, the stuff that's just been coming out every day. And by the way, can I just mention as well, Kate, the new thing we need to get in on. Real Housewives of Orange County begins filming this week. We know Alexis Bellino is officially with John Jensen Jansen Johnson. Plus, breaking news yesterday, Tamara was on a social media frenzy. Tres Amigas are done. Shannon is now going on tour just with Vicky. Tamara Judge came and blasted them, said uh, she wrote in one thing, she was like, um, sister, soul sister, my ass. She's like on them. It's a massive drama. There's so, and they're about to film, which is with Alexis, hopefully, which is brilliant. I feel like I'm already team Tamara and I don't even know what same, it's about. Same. <laughs> same 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 i can't wait to talk about bravo so yes uh do check out our bravo episode this friday um you can find us on patreon patreon.com slash tender loving care pod and there's a ton of stuff on there if you run out of current stuff there's Mm -hmm. hours and hours and hours of stuff um lots of really great documentaries we've covered uh, um five bucks a month guys it's five bucks so if you're like at work this week and we're all getting back into the mix of everything and it's really annoying if you have a job where you could possibly listen to podcasts in the background and you've gone through all of our episodes go and join our patron for five bucks because then you get a ton hours and hours and hours of more content and we go into britney murphy's death we go into anna nicole smith's death we go into aliens um people that were impersonating missing boy we have insane cults, cults. <laughs> we have a lot of cults ghosts um we have everything everything uh yep. so go and listen to all of that so you can get some extra content yeah vi- lot, video versions there's some digital yep. downloads on there yeah it's it's definitely worth five bucks so go check that out and um follow us on social media tender at tender loving care podcast on tiktok and instagram we're also on youtube yeah that's right there's a video oh, version my. of the potty on youtube so like subscribe smash the like Ring the bell. Ring the bell. (laughs) I'm so excited to be YouTubers, like really famous YouTubers. I know. Can't wait till we have our first YouTube drama beef. Oh, I know. Well, we can start it with Foodie Beauty. You and I need to discuss her. Guys, (laughs) I'm going to put a poll on our Instagram. I don't know how many of you follow Girl World, or should I say it's Goral, but I can't Goral, say it. Right. Goral, Goral, World, Goral. which is Foodie Beauty, which aka Chantal, um, Amberlynn Reed. Like, I don't know how many of you follow I follow it all, and I have done for years, and I'm obsessed. So Apathetic Facts, I want to give a shout out to Apathetic Facts, one of the best reaction channels on YouTube. We follow them. Um, I don't know if you guys are into, interested in us ever speaking about Goral world, but it's psychotic and I love it. So yeah. I follow all the YouTube drama. I'm on YouTube nearly all day, every day. So if I'm not watching television, I mean, really, I <laughs> I, I need to I need to get a hobby. Like get Bethany, a hobby. <laughs> like Bethany said to Jill Zarin, get a hobby. Anyway, uh, we love you all. Happy New Year. This year is going to be a fabulous one that's going to be filled with love, happiness, kindness, great health, great wealth, love, joy, peace, and happiness. So I'm so excited you're here along for the ride. Go check us out Instagram, TikTok, Patreon. We love you all until Friday. Bye-bye. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.